morning, Faith Life family. Morning, Faith Life. It's lovely to be with you again this morning on a little bit of a dull day after the beautiful week that we've had, but we have had a glorious week and the sun's been shining and hopefully you've all enjoyed and had a good week with the bank holiday weekend this weekend and uh, Victory in Europe Day on Friday. We've had a lot to celebrate this week, which is good. So God is good. He is good all the time. Amen. We rejoice in that day. Amen. Yeah, we've got some uh, really great stuff for you this morning. Uh, some really encouraging testimonies, but also a great message. So we're really looking forward to this morning. Yeah, hey, I'm really looking forward to your message this morning. Oh, yeah. well, you Very excited. Well, so I good. don't yet, but I'm excited yeah. just a little bit that you've said. Mark's going to preach a bit longer this morning. So after we've done our notices and prayer, then uh, you're going to start preaching. Um, and uh, so that's good. After communion. We're going yeah. to do communion first. So uh, get your communion bread and wine ready uh, when we do communion do it as a family and uh, we can share in in that wonderful uh, communion time together so i will open up in, i'm just going to get my bible actually before i open up in prayer um, i just wanted to to say something out of it one of the uh, Psalms that we've been looking at this week, Roger and Olive brought it yesterday in their worship time. Um, I think it's come out in other things and it's something that, that I've been looking at too. Um, can I have my glasses? Just realise they're over there. Thank you. Great. So it's Psalm 24. Uh, I have a little bit to bring on Psalm 24. Uh, if I get time to do it this morning then that would be good. If not, then uh, I'll bring it next week. But I just wanted to read as we open up in prayer from Psalm 24. From verse 7, it says, Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory may enter. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, that the King of glory may enter. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. So, Father, we just come before you this morning. We thank you that Jesus made a way so that he went into heaven first, the King of glory, and we have access into that place because of Jesus. We too can come into that place with him. And as we come before you this morning, we invite you, the King of glory, to come into our hearts right now. We draw near to you that you may draw near to us we open up the doors of our hearts this morning holy spirit we invite you we invite you this morning to come through the doors of our hearts and be with us in your magnificent glory we love you we invite you 
we worship you this morning with our words and our prayers. So each of us meeting in our homes, Holy Spirit, fill our homes, fill everybody's heart as we come before you to receive from you this morning. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So, uh, we've got a few notices this morning. Um, after, after this, we have uh, our tea at three, but tea after church on a Sunday. So it's not at three, it's straight after church this morning. Uh, grab a coffee. Logie will put up on Faith Life Family WhatsApp the number so that we can join together. Uh, and that's happening throughout the week as well. A little bit later than three, as I've mentioned, now that Louise is back at work. But it's been so good to come together. It's there as a forum for people to connect during the week. And I think, as we say every week, it's so important to connect. There's worship going on through, all, through the week. Uh, you'll know the times of that tonight. We have it at 5.30 with Mike and Flick. The words will be on the screen and we can really enter in and join with them as we worship. And then after that, we go into backroom worship with Paul and Susie. And that's at 6.45 tonight, pretty much straight after Mike and Flit. So a slightly different format. It's really good just to give time to do both and really enter into worshipping with the Lord and into his presence and all that that brings to him and to us so that's a really good time of worship and then during the week you'll have the times where there's prayer uh, and worship at different times um, Saturday morning as well please do pick that up with Roger and Olive instead of going out on the streets at the moment they're doing some worship it's a little bit of time where we can come together and worship the Lord and hear from him. I think that's one of the key things at the moment that we spend time with him. It's good to spend time together and these things enable us to do it corporately together and connect. But we are coming into time with him, get going with him in those corporate times and then going to your own time with him. It's so important to have time with him in that intimate place so that we can hear from him at this time. We only want to do what he says to do and shows us to do. So enjoy these times, spend time with him as we've got time to be able to do it. Uh, Tuesday night, Thursday night, uh, our teaching nights. We've been having some really amazing times with each other because it's a Zoom. Uh, if you don't have the number, it changes each week, um, just let us know through the church office uh, and we'll get that number to you each week. Tuesday night, we've been looking at end times. Mark's slowly working through what the Bible says. And already we've had such a lot of feedback where people have got revelation or seen things that they hadn't seen or heard before. So we're really enjoying that and there's a lot more to come and it's positive and it's, it's superb teaching. So come and join us Tuesday night for end times and then on Thursday we've got life group together so that's a little bit more uh, free flowing, a little bit of coffee and chat before or after and then Mark brings 
the word often from questions that you guys have sent to us. So we've had some brilliant questions. Um, Mark answered one on Thursday, which will be coming up on YouTube, uh, about why did Jesus call them a dog underneath the table? What was the scripture reference? Can't remember. We can't remember. Anyway, uh, it's on Zoom. Oh, no, it's on YouTube. Uh, so pick that up and then this Thursday we've got some great questions again. Um, one of them, Mark is talking about healing. Uh, it's a revelation that we've been getting as we've been studying healing by faith. It's not something that's new, but it is something that is another deeper revelation. So join us on Thursday night. For that, that's at 7.30. We do break at 8 o'clock to do the class. And that is really good as well. And then we come back after the class and carry on. So in our prayer times, we are praying for the situation. We're praying for all our NHS staff and everything that's going on. Hearing from the Holy Spirit and just praying into that. So join us for prayer because it's really important to be praying at this time. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so I just wanted to share with you um, a little bit of, of testimony uh, that's uh, related to what uh, Mike and Flick have been doing through Grow Baby. So uh, I think I shared with you, I, I can't remember whether it was last week or the week before, that... Um, we, we'd emailed out uh, the contact list that we have on Grey Baby. So I've got, I've got the figures on my phone here, Mike sent me them. Um, the, they emailed 180 families. At that time, the original email, 17 had responded. And so we've been delivering uh, clothing bundles uh, and, and supplies to, to those families this week. Maggie and Phil did a, a, a run and I've done a run. And I have to say, you know, seeing some some of those families, seeing the need that is there, it, yeah. you it is so difficult sometimes to get our head round that, that there's there's a a deep poverty within Cambridge alongside all the the wealth that we see on the surface, and and uh, you know these these people have really they they have no money, and it's been just such a pleasure to take them children's clothes. And to help them in that way, and uh, we got a couple of testimonies uh, back, a bit of feedback from those from the the drop-offs. Here's one. Thank you. This is to Mike and Flick. Thank you so much. First for organising this, and then being so quick for the delivery. Your service is better than Amazon Prime. Yay! <laughs> it was so nice to receive your thoughts and prayers together with the clothes. Mike, Mike and Flick have been putting thoughts and prayers in each of the bundles yeah. that are specific to what they felt for that person. It's the little things that make all the difference. It simply makes us feel less lonely and isolated in these weird, unprecedented times. I really hope to see all of you very soon meaning our lives will back, be back to normality. Thanks again and speak soon. You'll be surprised how much Daniel has grown. He's much bigger than the last time you saw him. Or at least that's how it seems to me. And here's another one from uh, a lady called Mirella. Thank you so much for all the stuff that we received. We really appreciate it and it's so valued because we yeah. could not do this ourselves. Yeah. God bless your hearts. 
So it's just amazing. And, and then I think how many we've got 12 new requests since we did those deliveries. And so it's just so good to be able to help people in this way. And, um, you know, Mike and Flick, they put that together and they're really following yeah. up. So it's just tremendous. Yeah. So thank you. And it's going all over Cambridge. It's not just church. We delivered to uh, over to Arbury and Barnwell and Harston and Cherry Hinton and, and in different places. And so this is such an important ministry as we can take the love of God out to these homes and bless these uh, women and children that have need at this time. So it's just wonderful to be able to do that. So I know we'll bring more report, more deliveries, and there'll be more testimonies. Yeah. So um, thank you, Mike and Flick, for carrying that on. It, the, the need is there, and we're able in some way to be able to uh, help with that need, which is great. Okay, so what we'd like to do now, we'd like to, to uh, share communion together as a church family. It's so important, you know. One of the things that, that happens, because it, it's always uh, something that the enemy uses, is it's called fatigue. And basically, if things have been going on a bit long, mm. we get fatigued and we start, we start breaking, we get out of our routines. One of the things that, you know, although it looks like the government's changing the slogan today, one of the things I, I don't want us to do is change our slogan, which is stay connected, be strong in faith, help others save lives. Yeah. And so what is so important in that is that we, we access this session together as a family. I, I know there's one or two of you have to work on Sunday morning, sometimes you've got shifts on Sunday mornings, but where we can, it's really important that we don't let that drift and just say, well, you know, it doesn't matter if I, I, I don't see it because I'll catch it later. And maybe you will, but eventually the enemy will use that so you're not catching it at all. And, and he'll start to detach from the family. So it's so important that we make the effort to be here all together because it protects us, even though we can't see each other, it protects us as a family that we stay together and the enemy can't pick any of us off at the edges. So that's really yeah. important. And that's, you know, partly why we share fat communion. It reminds us that we are one family, one body in Christ. So get your wine ready, get your, your bread ready. And uh, we're just going to share communion that together now. Yeah, that's really good. Um, it's good to do communion together. I think going forward, we'll continue doing this to remember that we are a family and Jesus is the head and he paid a price to bring us into that family and so as we re remember him and what he did at this time today as we uh, take the bread and the wine together we can then remember each other too as we're doing it together pray for each other and be with each other okay so let's let's get our bread Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your body broken for us. And as we, we take of this bread now, we remember that you provided so many things for us. You had a total victory over all the plans of the enemy, yes. over sin and death at the cross. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
And Jesus, we remember now your blood shed for us. You told us to remember this just so that we would know that we have right standing before the throne. That you put us in a place of right standing, a forgiveness of our sins, mm. a once and for all sacrifice. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for that complete salvation that is provided at the cross. Mm. That, that we aren't just forgiven and hope to get to heaven one day, but you provided for wholeness, you provided for, for life, Zoe life, life as God has it. You provided for our healing, you provided for our deliverance, you provided for our freedom, yeah. you provided uh, for, for, for all our needs that you are the source of everything yes. and that you have defeated the ultimate death so that we will rise together with you with new life, new bodies in Jesus' name. We just praise you and thank you for that. Amen. 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 Good. So, so we'll just take our offering now. Um, you know the form by now. It's an empty bucket at this end. I've already done mine. Um, so it, we need you to kind of keep being consistent in this you know it's the same message every week we need you to keep being consistent i know it's harder it's harder than just like putting an envelope in a bucket but you you actually need to do one one of three or four things so you can uh give online you can go to our website and go uh, look up resources and then there's a giving page it's really easy to do that uh quite a number of you and we just thank you for that. Now, some of, some of the rest of you uh, have actually managed to find your way to doing online banking and making direct transfers. So that, that's great. I'll give you the details now for those at that bank account in case you need them to hand. It's Faith Life Church. That's Faith Life Church. And the sort code is 201722. That's 201722. And the account number is seven zero zero nine three zero eight four seven zero zero nine three zero eight four and you know if you can't do either of those or you think well i'd rather do it some other way one of the things that we, we've had quite a few of these we've had checks through the post so they come they arrive um i go in and, and, and drop them off at the bank you know keep my social distancing so if you want to write checks to, to the church and just pop them in the post, you send them to the church office, um, check payable to Faith Life Church, and then we'll, we'll pop that in our bank account. So, But I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for those who've been so consistent in their giving. I want to thank you, Lord. That, that for, I want to thank you guys that you've actually made the effort to, to think, well, you know, even though we're not meeting formally, that, that you, you've honoured God and you, you've continued to look after your church family in this way. And we're believing that those gifts are going to be multiplied in terms of souls, yes. in terms of the help that we can give to others, mm. in terms of meeting needs, in terms of bodies healed, and so on. So we thank you, Jesus, and praise you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
So we've got Mark now uh, going to speak to us. So uh, if you get your Bibles ready, your notepads, your pens, he'll do a little uh, pricey, because this is number three, isn't it? Four. Number four. So we've had three weeks already. If you've missed any of the three, please go and do a catch up because the teaching has really been excellent. Uh, so we're now about to do number four, and I will pray for you. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> and for all of us, because we all want to receive good food this morning. So Father, I thank you. I thank you for each one of us here, for this precious family, your family on earth. I thank you that you are in the middle of us, and we can follow you in all that we do. Help us, Holy Spirit, to do that. And right now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you will open up our hearts to receive bread from heaven, your fresh manna this morning. Each of us needs your fresh manna, your fresh words, your life-giving words. And as we spend time hearing from you this morning, Holy Spirit, take that word deep into our hearts. And I pray for Mark. I ask Holy Spirit that you will anoint him to bring your word through his mouth. Anoint his mind that he hears from you, that it's clear of everything else. Anoint his soul and anoint his spirit this morning that the, those life-giving words that you have put in his spirit will come through him and out and will hit our hearts with life-giving words. So we invite you, Holy Spirit. We love that you are with us. We love our time together and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, um, there's your glasses. Thank you. I think I might have moved your place. Oh, right, okay. I was causing chaos, moving my Bible around. <laughs> okay, so uh, we've been doing this series called Burn, about how to uh, keep on fire for God when the world tries to put out your flame. And it, it kind of follows on from the, the sort of things that God was talking to us about at the end of last year and the start of this year, about rediscovering our first love for him, calling back to that first love, that first excitement, that first passion, that first allegiance, that first commitment. And uh, as we've done three weeks of this, I just wanted to remind you of the kind of the theme verse of the, that we've been looking at, which is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And in that, Paul, he's talking to Timothy. You might remember Timothy's under pressure in the church. His people have come into the church, they're undermining him. And uh, Paul tells him to, to go back to first base. And he says, I remind you to stir up that gift which was within you by the laying hand of my hands. For you have not been given a spirit of fear, but of Power, love, and a sound mind. That, that word power is dynamic. It, it's a mighty power. It's a, it's a, it's a supernatural power. It's a, it's a working of the things of God 
through the power of God. And that word love, what that's talking about is that burning, passionate, excited, set your heart on fire sort of love that Jesus had. So he's, he's reminding Timothy of those facts. And, and it, one of the things that we, we, we recognise really early in this series is that we have to keep putting fuel on that fire to keep it burning. It just doesn't carry on burning by itself. In fact, like any ordinary fire, like the fires we have in our house here, if you just leave it to its own devices, it kind of dulls down and dulls down and then it, it becomes a little ember and there's not, not much of it left and eventually it goes out. So you have to keep putting fuel on the fire. You, you have to do something with it. You've got to rake over those embers. You've got to uh, open the vents. You've got to blow oxygen on there. You've got to get new uh, oxygen through that fire. And the thing that we're going to talk about this morning is that oxygen. Now, when Paul said stir up, He's talking, what he's basically saying is you can't get this from outside of yourself. You actually have to do it. You've got to do some of these things yourself. There's a responsibility on us. And, you know, sometimes you hear people and, and, and sometimes we'd like it to be this way. But we think, well, you know, if I just, if I just lay back, it'll, it'll all happen. God will just do it. And then, you know, we, we come along and sometimes we expect... Uh, you know, you want some, we, we have this passive approach, but and, and we just kind of like want somebody on a Sunday morning to give us a bit of motivation, a bit of inspiration, to get us going again, to stir us up. And the thing is, what if that great talk or, or that passionate loud worship, what if, what if they don't last beyond Monday morning? How do we keep that fire going ourselves? And that's really what Paul's saying here. He's saying, you have to actually do something. This isn't a passive, passive thing. And this word um, uh, that he says, stir up, that's a translation you might remember from the first session we did on this, of a Greek word, anazupero. And that's kind of a compound of three words. And, 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 uh, but the first thing to, to recognise is that, you know, we have tenses in our language. It's in the present tense. And what that means is he's emphasising this is an ongoing task. You, you, you've got to keep fanning it, you've got to keep putting fuel on your flame, and you've got to keep doing that. And, uh, you know, that's, that's very similar to what used to happen in the Old Covenant. God told them uh, in Leviticus chapter 3 that they had to always keep an offering on the altar so that the fire wouldn't go out. Uh, and one reason that that was important is because the original fire was started directly by God. And so that continual burning allowed them to remember the need for God's presence and his empowerment. And so we get this word anazupro and it, and, it, and it kind of carries that idea. Anna means to repeat an earlier action. Do what you were doing before and do it again. Do what you were doing before and do it again. And then we've got Zeus. Uh, Z-O-O-S, and that means to be passionate, to be fervent, to be vigorous, to be wholehearted. And then we've got pur, P-U-R, and that means on fire. So what that Anazupro is saying is, do what you did before to kindle the fire anew. Do what you did before and stir up that passionate flame that is inside of you. And 
you know, over the last few weeks, we've, we've looked at the fuel on the fire. We've looked at opening the vents through meditating on the word and, and, and our communing with God through prayer. And I want to move that on today to look at that that breath of oxygen. You, you know, when you when you light a fire and you've got, got, got it going a little bit, you, you blow on it and you blow oxygen in. And what was the previous little ember starts to, to blaze and get hotter and hotter and the things around it catch. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, oxygen. And we've got to blow that oxygen through. So I, I was thinking about this and the first thing, you know, I was going, God, what do you want me to say? Because I had lots of things buzzing around in my head. I've had like 15 versions of this talk in my head this week. And, and I said, what do you want me to say? And, and it, it just dropped in my spirit, just bang, it went. I want you to tell faith life, every single individual in faith life, not to do things without the Holy Spirit. Not to do things without the Holy Spirit. Do not do things without the Holy Spirit. And, and, I'm, and I'm thinking, oh God, yeah that's, yeah, that's great God. And, you know, some of us, the minute I said that, you were, you were excited. You were going, yeah, come on, Mark, bring it on. Come on, God, let me, let me have some more of that. More of the Holy Spirit. That's where it's at. But I also know and I recognise that some of us are in that place. And, and I kind of talk to God about this. Like, okay, some of us, you know, we, how can I put it? You're thinking, well, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this. I've been there before and I got burnt. I've been there before and I got disappointed. I've been there before and, and some of the stuff I saw, it didn't look like God to me. It looked like a lot of flesh. And some of the things I've heard, some of the things that, that were explained to me, you know, I, eventually I found out they weren't right. And so, you know, we can, we can get this sense, well, I don't want to go there. And yet, so I said to God, what do you want me to say? And he said, well, first off, I, I want you to acknowledge that that's a reality. That's a reality. But the second thing is to say this, the message is still the same, whoever you are. Do not do things without the Holy Spirit. And so I said to God, okay, what, what can I do to help everybody? And what, what do I do to, to help the excited ones and what do I do to help the cautious, worried ones? What, what, what do I do for, for, to help those who are full steam ahead and those who are holding back because of stuff that's happened in the do about that and he said well I want you to try and help them by showing them what the purpose of putting oxygen in the fire is so this morning when, when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit it's kind of a fresh look I want you to kind of like just empty everything out and just start again just empty it out and start again Jesus said in uh, John 14 um, 16 I'm going to ask the Father, and he's going to send another helper. And that, that word another is alos. Now, what that means is another of the same kind. So Jesus is saying, I'm going to ask God to send you somebody to help you who's going to be kind of familiar because he's going to look a lot like me. In fact, he's going to be exactly like me. Only he won't, be he won't be physically present in a body like me, but he's going to be like me. He's going to think like me, do the things that I do, 
and he's going to speak like me. He's not something totally different. He's very much like me. And what we're going to find is that that's really connected in to the mission of the Holy Spirit and why we shouldn't do things without the Holy Spirit. And so when it says helper, I'm sure a lot of you know this word. The word helper is a translation of a Greek word, which is paraclete. You know, some people call the Holy Spirit the paraclete. That, that, that again, compound of two words, we're kind of getting deep to this morning. I want to get some detail here because I, I think when you, when you visit the words of God in detail, he anchors you back into a place that puts in perspective the reality of things you've experienced in the past and allows you to move on from some of the stuff that, that hurt. And so when we, when we do this, we, we go, well, okay, helper, paraclete. What, what does that mean? Well, again, that's a compound of two words, para and kletos. Power means somebody or something that is so close to you that it, it's almost like a shadow. Uh, the Bible calls it a, 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 a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And, and that's that word power. Somebody who is always with you, sticking closer than, than, than even a physical relation. And then we, we have this, um, this word um, kalio or uh, kletos, which means to call. So here's my definition of what Jesus was saying about this helper who was going to look like him. Somebody who is so close to you that they can lead, strengthen, encourage and call you forward to the life that God has for you. Sharing God's heart with you and teaching and purifying your heart. Let me read, let me just say that again. I've got it on my notes in front of me, so I'll just say that again. Someone so close that they lead, strengthen, encourage and call you forward to the life that God has for you. Sharing God's heart with you and teaching and purifying your heart. That's what Jesus was saying the Holy Spirit would come to do. So let's just go on from there that should give us a bit of focus let's go on from there because what we're going to see is is the holy spirit who is the oxygen to that fire in our heart when he blows in our heart we come on full flame so go with me to john chapter five um let me just get my bible on that john chapter five actually um when I, was, when I was doing my notes for this, I, I looked at a number of different versions, um, different translations, and I, I've got a new translation, and, and it's a great one because it, it, it's got pictures in. I, I like Bibles with pictures in, and you've seen a couple of the pictures already if you're part of the end time groups. But it, it, it's called that, it, it's the Holman Christian Standard Bible, and it's a literal translation, but with pictures. And, and this is the translation it comes up with of this verse. I assure you, so this is Jesus talking about himself and his relationship to God. I assure you, the Son, that's Jesus, is not able to do anything on his own. But only what he sees the Father doing. Now, how does he see what the Father's doing? That's that place of prayer that we were talking about. John chapter 5, verse 19. 
So how does he see that's that place of prayer where, where we see what God is doing, we listen to, to his heartbeat. I only, only what he sees the Father doing. For what he does, the Son also does. These things in the same way. The Son also does these things in the same way. So what Jesus is saying is, well, you know, I, I stuck. I saw what God was doing and I stuck closely. I was... I, I, I was intentional and I applied my concentration to just do exactly what God has told me in the same way. Not trying to do it my way, trying to do it his way. And, you know, I, I looked at this and, and I studied, you know, when I, was, I, I pondered this, I prayed about it. And, and what re it just really got me and I go, well... If that is how we are meant to function, how much does that reflect in the way we actually function as individuals and as a church? And I thought, oh my goodness, this is such a huge challenge. This is a huge challenge. And, and I was thinking, well, you know, it just really hit me. Could it be that because we don't function like this, that explains a lot of our lack of results. Despite the huge amount of resource that the body of Christ is putting into so many different things. That we aren't actually seeing what the Holy Spirit is saying what, 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 uh, about what Jesus is doing and what the Father is doing. And we're not reflecting that and doing exactly what we see him do. And, and saying exactly what we seem to say. We, we kind of enhance it or we just get on with things our own way. And we say, well, you know, we, we use this verse. So it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. And we think, well, it's good to us, so it must be good to the Holy Spirit. They aren't the same thing. Seeming good to the Holy Spirit and therefore it's good to us is not the same as saying, well, I think this is good. It must be good for the Holy Spirit. They're, they're the other way around. And so... What I want you to understand is this, and, and this is so important when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life, the manifest presence of God in our midst. What is he doing? What is, what, what's his purpose in, in displaying his power? And it's so important we get this really clear. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit will move in power and we will reinterpret what he is doing according to our own flesh. And when we do that, we end up in dangerous ground. You can have the greatest outpouring of God on earth, but if we misinterpret what he's doing, it will end up as a disaster. It will end up not achieving what it was meant to achieve. And I believe that there is a move of God that he is stirring in our hearts. So it's really important we understand what he's doing. So here we go. We can tell from these, these verses that the Holy Spirit does not speak or show us things on his own authority. The Holy Spirit is only moving on the authority of God and showing us the things of the Father and the things of Jesus. He has one purpose. One purpose. That purpose is to glorify Jesus. 
the Holy Spirit has not come for, to glorify himself or where we get focused on the Holy Spirit instead of focused on Jesus. The Holy Spirit has come to show us Jesus, to present Jesus, to, to display him in all his beauty, all his glory, all his power, all his love. And the Holy Spirit is always pointing us to Jesus. He's never pointing us to the Holy Spirit. And that is so important for us to remember that the things that the Holy Spirit is doing are meant to point and glorify Jesus. So how is, how is Jesus glorified? He's glorified by the Holy Spirit through us continuing the mission that the Father gave Jesus to do. Doing what he tells us to do and acting on what we see him doing. And doing it exactly how he's shown us. So what's that mission? Well, here's the mission. The mission is the same mission as Jesus had because it's to glorify Jesus. What's Jesus' mission? He said it himself in numerous places. To seek and save the lost. That's the first part. The second part, destroy the works of the devil wherever they're found. Third part, relationship and intimacy with the Father. This is eternal life, that they might know you. This is the fullness of it. Everything comes from that place of relationship. And, and right at this moment, when we've got, we've got time, some of us have got more time than normal, but certainly as a church, this is focusing us, it would be tragic if we came out of this time at some point in the future and our relationship with Jesus was not deeper and stronger and more real than when we went into this time. Because that relationship is what is at the centre of the Holy Spirit's agenda. Now, that is the oxygen he's blowing in that sets us on fire. That is the, the, the spirit of power. That is the spirit of love. That is the spirit of clear, sound thinking. It's, it's the oxygen of the Holy Spirit that, that we, are, we are in relationship, deep relationship, where Jesus is glorified through the things that we do. Now, we can only really capture the heartbeat of the Holy Spirit if we understand that mission. You see, one of the, the things that we, we might have, have filtered through all our past misunderstandings or, or past um, um, challenges that we've had around the things of the Spirit is that, you know, you, you can't understand the Holy Spirit and you can't trust him in your life if you don't understand the mission that he's on. And that mission is to glorify Jesus. I've got a couple of quotes from somebody I think who probably, well, I think understood the Holy Spirit better than really anybody else in the last, I don't know, 70, 80 years. A lady called Catherine Kuhlman. And... Uh, got a couple of quotes of hers written down here. And, it, and it's around this thing about capturing the heart, heartbeat of the Holy Spirit by understanding his mission. Here's, here's what she said. The Holy Spirit is the greatest promoter and marketer who ever lived. And he promotes just one person, Jesus Christ. She also said this. The Holy Spirit... 
will not draw attention to another personality. He will never draw attention to any man or woman or church or ministry. The more spiritual a person becomes, the more he will draw attention away from himself and lift up Jesus. And I just thought, that is so powerful. That the, 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 the more we grow in Christ, the more spiritual we become, the more people should see Jesus. And we will realise that we're not about promoting ourselves. We're not about our own ministry or our own reputation. We are about him. That's what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. He's trying to produce a, a, a body of believers who are sold out the whole way for Jesus. And it's all about Jesus. It's not about the church. It's not about the ministry. It's not about the building. It's not about marketing ourselves. It's about Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the promoter and marketer of Jesus. And, and, and that's what he's doing in us. When he blows that oxygen fire, it's about Jesus. It's about his passion for Jesus. It's about our passion for Jesus. And, 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 and that calling to give him the whole of our hearts. And so, you know, that's how he's, he's working in us. Now, you know, one of the other people, that, I'm just thinking, like, where, where, to, where to go next? Um, yeah, that, I just remembered something there. It's also in this notebook, but it might take me a little while to find it. Let me have a look. Somebody else who, who had this deep relationship with the Holy Spirit uh, was Smith Wigglesworth. And uh, God just dropped on my heart this quote then that I, I put down in my journal. This is something that Smith Wigglesworth said. We must be careful not to choose, but to let God's Holy Spirit choose and manage our lives. Not to smooth things down or explain them away, but to stir up the gift and allow God's spirit to disturb us and disturb us and disturb us until we yield and yield and yield. And the possibility in God's mind for us becomes an established fact in our lives. I love that. The possibility in God's mind for all that we can become becomes an established fact in our lives. With rivers of life in evidence, meeting the needs of a dying world. I absolutely love that quote. Now, just for, to, to kind of finish off this, this, this talk, I, I want to look at in detail exactly how this works in a believer's life. Because we can, we can get hung up on all sorts of things when we talk about the Holy Spirit. And, you know... The Holy Spirit is primarily, his mission, his, his, his mission is to shape our hearts so that Jesus is glorified. So he shapes our hearts so we can release the power that the Holy Spirit brings. He shapes our hearts so that we have that passionate, burning love that Jesus has. 
and he shapes our hearts so we can think clearly along the lines that God thinks so we can hear his voice clearly and see what he does clearly and that's what what Paul talked to about to Timothy about in that original verse but I want you to to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 uh, and I'm going to start um well I think I'll start at verse 9 we'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and I'll start at verse 9 so we're just going to take probably about 10 minutes on this uh, and that that's uh, kind of where I'm going to finish because this is the, so important this is how we get the oxygen in the fire by understanding how the Holy Spirit works in relation to us and in relation to God and Paul did a brilliant job of explaining this in, in the first letter to the Corinthians so I'm in chapter I did say I'll start at verse 9 but I'm actually going to start at verse 6 yet we speak wisdom amongst those who mature that's what I want to be I want to be a mature believer Although not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age knew it. For if they'd known it or understood it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Now, that verse there is a quote from an Old Testament passage. What Paul's going to now say is, it's not like that anymore. God had stored up a mystery for the church, which would come into effect when the Holy Spirit was poured out after uh, at Pentecost, where, where with new birth was given to our hearts, where we could respond directly to the things of the Spirit. And so he's saying, this is a mystery. And if, he, if the enemy had understood this, he would never crucify Jesus, because this is the last thing he wanted on earth. He did not want the power of the Holy Spirit, the love of the Holy Spirit, the clear thinking of the Holy Spirit on this earth, in every believer. If he'd understood it, he wouldn't have crucified Jesus because the death and resurrection of Jesus released this. And now it's too late. The things that were hidden before are now open. That's what that's saying. It's a, it's a, it's a supernatural revelation. Things that have been hidden, but now, because of the Holy Spirit, we're able to receive. So we're in a new era, a new realm. A new realm of revelation, of relationship, of that intimate relationship that Jesus had with the Father. This is eternal life, that they might know you. They might know your heartbeat, they might know your plans, they might know what, what gets you excited, what gets you passionate, what, what, is your, what you care about, where your compassion flows. And he said, this is a new area because now you can know it. So how does that work? First 10, but God. This is God from beginning to end. But God has revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, even the deep things of God. What's that saying? That's saying that, that this revelation that we can step into, this life-changing, heart-changing, fanning the flames, oxygen to our hearts, this comes by the spirit of God. 
it takes place on a spirit level. That, that core of your being where your spirit is one with the spirit of Christ. That's where this takes place. It takes place by the, the action of the Holy Spirit and we receive it initially at the spirit level. And the Holy Spirit, who is fully God, searches the deep things of God and the heart and mind of God. What, what that means is that the Holy Spirit is working all the time to communicate to us God's heart and the things he wants to communicate to us. So, so God is working all the time and he's calling us forward into greater faith. He's calling us forward into greater trust. He's calling us forward to, to, to uh, receive from his word and act on his word. He's calling us into the destiny that he had planned for us. And, and, and the Holy Spirit is searching God's heart and it said, he, the Holy Spirit said, okay, God, that's what you want to tell them. That's, that's for right now. How do I communicate that to them? And God shows the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's job is then to, to bring that to us. So verse 11. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Likewise, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Again, only the Holy Spirit can do this. This is his mission. His mission is that Christ would be displayed through us. Christ would be glorified through us. Christ would be promoted through us. When the world sees us, it sees not us and our selfish ambition and our, our claims to fame and our building ourselves up. It sees Christ. And so... What, what, what Paul's saying is that the one who isn't born of Christ cannot do this. They have no clue about what the Holy Spirit's agenda is. They have no clue what's going on. He's also saying something really deep. He's saying you cannot receive these things through the flesh. You cannot get with God's agenda and let your heart be shaped in such a way that Christ is glorified by human reason, logic, information analysis, organisational insight, weight of finances, a self-focused, self-led agenda. You can't get there because these are things of the spirit and not the things of the flesh. And so when we approach God purely on the basis of what we want, what we, we're about, and why why haven't you done this for me, God? Why is this? And, and all our needs, and we bring all our needs before God. We can't get this revelation from the Holy Spirit to, to change us. That doesn't mean that God isn't interested in our needs. What I'm saying is this, that when we hear the voice of the Spirit, he'll fix our needs, but... This agenda is in fixing our needs, not to get us fixed, but that we go on and we glorify Jesus, whatever, while we're in the process of being sorted, while we're in the process of our lives moving forward, while we're in the process of God receiving God's blessing, we are always 100% allegiant to Jesus, glorifying Jesus. It's all about him. He is the great treasure of the universe. He's the one at the centre of the world. He's the only one who can bring forgiveness. He's the only one who can bring life. He's the only one who sets free. He's the only one who heals. He's the only one who delivers. It's not about us. It's him. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 
go on to verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, so that we might know the things that are freely given to us. There's a twofold purpose in that. The first is that the Holy Spirit leads us away from the things of the world. It's not the world's spirit. He leads us away from the world's way. That's his ethos. That's what he's trying to do in us. He said, many of us want things, but we don't really want the Holy Spirit to change us in order that we can set in, step into the things that he has for us. We want the physical things without the change in ourselves. You know, some people think, well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm not pursuing purity. It doesn't matter if I'm not trying to walk holy. Yes, it does. When we think like that, we're thinking fleshly, we're thinking carnal, we're thinking self-centered because the Holy Spirit's purpose is to draw us away from the things of the world. He's trying to create a pure, holy, passionate, on-fire heart. So that's his first suggestion. His second thing is this, that we might know the things that are freely given. And that is, that is just a stunning conclusion. What he's saying is this, that the carnal, reasoning, human ability driven man, or the carnal, reasoning, human ability driven church, will not know what is theirs in Christ and is freely available to them. As a result of that, they will produce stuck Christians, powerless Christians, Christians without an authentic experience of God and unable to walk in his fullness in their life. Why? Because they've replaced God with the things that human ability driven things can do. Because once you, 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 you don't go down this Holy Spirit route, you have no option left but to replace the things freely available with things of reasoning, with things of organisation skill, with massive resource, with huge finance, with presentation skills, with arguments and, and all sorts of things. You know, when, when he says that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God, this, this, is, this is the heart of the oxygen. That word know is, you know, generally when you get the word know in the New Testament, it's a word ginosko, which means experiential knowledge. That isn't the word here. The word here is ido, E-I-D-O, which means to perceive, to outwardly see, to visibly appear, to inspect and examine. So if you put all that together, you come up with this definition, to know and perceive and understand so deeply that it can be seen and experienced in reality. So you know so deeply inside and with such certainty that it is experienced in reality on the outside. You know, I, I was thinking about my journey as a believer and I was thinking that there are things that I know now that I am so absolutely 100% certain of that they've become part of me. I no longer have to think them out. I no longer have to think them through. I don't have any doubt about them. I don't have any 
uh, qualms about them, they are so deep within me that it's automatic. It's not just like I have to engage, it is me. It's become me. That's how I think, that's how I believe, that's how I, I function. And I want there to be so many more of those things in me. And that's what the Holy Spirit's mission is to do in shaping my heart. So that I know things so deeply that they become a part of me. And what, and what Paul is saying is the Holy Spirit is working to do that so that you will know things so deeply. They become a part of you so that there is no question of am I in faith or aren't I in faith. It's just I am and here's the Spirit of Christ doing this work. And Jesus has done this because I am totally yielded and it is all him that you see in me. And that's the place that the Holy Spirit is trying to get to. All him that you see in me. And so we go on to verse 13 to 16. I'm just coming to an end now. These things also we proclaim, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual. It's spiritual things understood spiritually. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him. When you start to walk like this, when we as a church start to walk like this, when any of us individuals start to walk like this, we are going to look crazy to the rest of the world and we are going to look crazy to the church world that is, that is all reliant on itself. We're just going to look stupid. That's what they're going to think of us. But here's, here's what God said. They can't know them. Because these things are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is not judged by anyone. I, you, you walk like this, it won't matter to you what people are saying. It won't matter to you what people are thinking. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And that is just like this immensely glorious statement that we have the mind of Christ. The truth is, inside, we have the mind of Christ. In our spirit is the spirit of Christ. And he's speaking to us, he's guiding us, he, he, he's blowing oxygen on that fuel that we put in there and he's stirring it to flame. And so we connect to that mind of Christ. And here's the thing, when you, when you the fact of Christ in you, that mind of Christ in you, becomes, as you know it, experiential reality of power, dynamics, life-changing, uh, body-healing, uh, freedom-giving, oppressed-delivering power. It becomes love, passionate, laid-down, uh, fiery, jealous love, compassion flowing, and it becomes clear thinking. You see, that mind of Christ becomes the fire that burns inside. And that mind, that mind is not confused, it's not hurt, it's not depressed, it's not disillusioned, it's not sidetracked by stuff that's gone on in the past, it's not sidetracked by stuff that's been said on the past and proved to be false. It's not without hope, it's full of hope. It's not lacking in clarity, it's absolutely clear. There's no confusion. It's not lacking in confidence, it's confident, it's bold, it's strong. There's no lack of faith. It doesn't even think faith, it just thinks, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing, I know it, I heard it, I'm going to do it, I see it, and look what the Holy Spirit did. Look what the Holy Spirit did, and look how Jesus got the glory. 
Look how Jesus got the glory. Hey guys, I'm out the way. Look how Jesus got the glory. It is full on flame. It is burning Holy Spirit, mind of Christ in you. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying that is available to everyone. But more to the point, that is how we're meant to live. That's our lifeblood. That's God's great plan. God's great plan in calling the church was that the world would see Christ and not the church. Because when we understand his mission, then we trust him. Then we know him. And Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are such an incredible God. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for us, to obtain forgiveness of our sins, to pay the price of our sins, and to redeem us. And you know, some of you listening to this, you might think, well, I'm, I'm a million miles from that. Some of you think, well, I don't even know what it is to know Christ. I can't understand any of these things. Again, these are spiritual discerned. So I want you to say this prayer with me. If you, if you want to know these things, if you want to enter into that relationship with God, we've got to get a few things out of the way. So, Father, I come to you now. I ask you to forgive me all the wrong things that I have done. I ask you to become Lord of my life. I give up my life. I surrender it to you and I declare my allegiance to you right now. I choose you. And Father, I ask you now to give me new birth and fill me with your Holy Spirit and set me on fire for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. It's so important that we just, in this time that we have now, we just get this. We are meant to be so full of the Spirit and so led by the Spirit that people do not see us. They do not see faith life. They do not see all the things of our ministry. They see Jesus and he is glorified. Amen. Amen. Awesome. That was so good. Um, I love that we started the beginning with lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. It says in Revelation 3.20, uh, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and, and dine with him and he with me. When God is welcomed with open gates and doors, he is pleased to come in. James 4.8 says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And we were thinking, uh, I think it was last week, um, we talked about when Jesus entered Jerusalem on a donkey. And in Matthew 21.10, it says that the city asked, who is this? If they 
had known who he was, the response should have been, he is the Lord of hosts, the King of glory. So Father, we thank you for sending Jesus, the King of glory. May everything that we do praise him, glorify him. Holy Spirit, as we invite you into our hearts, our soul, our spirit, may we glorify Jesus. Help us to become more like Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that it is what you do, that you help us become more and more like Jesus. How do we do this? We look to him, the one who provides, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, for doing this in us. Um, I had a quote written down by Charles Spurgeon, and sometimes we think, how can we receive this? How can we become like Jesus? How can the Holy Spirit do his work? And the Spirit of God will give you that. He will create in you a new heart and a right spirit. Faith in Jesus is the work of the Holy Spirit. Faith stands by the fountain filled with blood. And as she washes therein, clean hands and a pure heart, a holy soul and a thankful tongue are given to her. So we thank you this morning, Holy Spirit, for all that by faith you are giving to us, that we can become like Jesus, like the Son of God, and do the mission that Holy Spirit will help us to do. First becoming like Jesus, and then doing the works that he shows us to do. Thank you, Lord. I ask that you will take these words, the words that have come forth this morning, and uh, ignite them with fire in our hearts, that we will uh, open the doors of our hearts more and more, open them wide, fling wide those doors of our hearts this morning, that the King of glory may come in. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 So, it's been wonderful to have this time with you, Faith Life family and our wider family that join us. Uh, be blessed this week. Have a good week. Let the King of glory saturate your heart. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in all that you do. We love you and we look forward to being with you again next week. Have a blessed week. And Jesus is our Lord. Amen. Amen. So if you, uh, if you responded to that prayer uh, earlier, at the end of the talk, uh, either now or because you're watching this at a later time or a later date, then we'd love to hear from you. So just uh, messages on Facebook uh, or alternatively email us at office at faithlifechurch.org.uk that's office at faithlifechurch.org.uk so um yeah so we just like to finish right right here got a song that that i was um, just praising god to and letting it bless me 
uh, yesterday and it, it just drew me closer to God's heart. So I want to bless you with this song. It's, it's probably a song you've not heard before, but it, it's, it's kind of just a, such a simple truth in it. So, um, yeah, see you on Tuesday, see you on Thursday. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Bye for now, Faith Life. See you soon. Thank you.